0: Welcome back, Underground. That's <laughs> <Well>, okay.
1: <laughs> that was a lot of excitement. A week later. All right. A, w- a whole seconds. Woo! Seventeen seconds later, later uh, we're back here, episode two. Rob and Michelle Wegner. We're looking at the origins of KC Underground, and and all four of us have told our stories, and we've come to this point of like, hey, God is doing something new, something different. We're gonna we're gonna God launch is something.
0: New. thing. doing it? New God thing. New doing doing it. All
1: right. And if you need to know it. that all of us were '90s kids or before. Uh, <laughs> we could sing
2: our DC talk. Yeah, we took... So many kids to DC Talk concerts in the 90s. That was part of the
0: formation of the Kansas City Underground. (laughs) It's like (laughs) that that
2: pillar.
3: Some random part of it. Yep.
2: Youth youth ministry in the 90s. Hello, newsboys. Hello, DC Talk. Oh, come on, man. Hello, audio. I quoted
1: audio adrenaline earlier this week. Uh, By this week, I mean today. Uh, By today, I mean our meeting this morning. So, anyway, uh, let's continue on as we are thinking about the underground, some of the main pillars. The I said this last week with the motivation behind this episode was we get to tell our story during immersives when leaders come in and get to just sit in the story of Kansas City Underground. Um, and so, guys, I, let's let's do that part. OK, so I'm going to tell a quick story. Uh, I'm driving back from Colorado after meeting, you know, all y'all multiple times. I've, you know, I've run. I, I probably grabbed coffee with you, Rob, three or four times and you, Brian, three yeah. or four times.
0: You don't have to say all y'all. All y'all. The y'all. Sorry. Covers. OK, man, the yeah. Southern. We went to exponential together.
1: That, yes. Well, that was after we launched. We should have put that yeah, in there, bro. man. Why didn't we talk about that? That was before that? the launch. Was that, was that before the launch? Man, anyway. in my mind, we were already launched. Uh, but I'm I'm driving back from Colorado, and we're, like, trying to put together this, like thing you know and like you guys are writing it all down you're trying to figure out like some just practical things and and i got some doubts i'm talking to my wife i got some doubts about this and uh Suze is like nope we're gonna do it and i'm like all right cool um and we start seriously the these prophetic women in our lives they know i said prophetic not it sounded like I said pathetic. I just want to make sure that was one hundred percent communicated. You're the only. If my one wife, I said it fast enough. I'm like, crap! What did I just say? What did I just say? Um, no. So, like, okay. So let's 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 talk about those very early weeks of us beginning to the, the launch Casey Underground. What was going on in your head? What were the things that were like? With, we've got to have this in place right? And just like, I just got the very open-ended question. Um, and Michelle, maybe let you go first on this and then Rob, you go second. So yeah, there's early, what, what's going on in your head? What the thing, what's the journey like? What are we trying to get in place? Michelle?
3: Yeah. So um, last episode we talked about how, you know, when Rob and I and our family landed in Kansas um, from Granger, Indiana, we uh, really experienced a season of healing, um, really needed just some time to reflect and uh, readjust, strengthen our marriage, those kind of things. Um, and so, once we got to the point of realizing, yes, we do want to, we do want to do this crazy microchurch thing, disciple making, um, full time, all the time. I honestly like felt a deeper sense of freedom, more profound sense of joy. In ministry than I ever had in my entire life um, up until that point. Just realizing, wait a minute, this is this is what it all means. This is what has all led up to is right now, um, mm-hmm. and every step oh. along the way has mattered. Um, but just being a part of this little community of people that have the same kind of faith that Rob and I do, and same kind of crazy wacky dream that doesn't make any sense, um, just filled me with a lot of joy. Yeah.
1: Amen. Amen. Yes. And, and Rob, I'm, I'm actually going to literally ask you, if you imagine right now that you're sitting in that room where you do immersives and you've got five minutes to share this early part of the story. Like, can we just do that? Can we just give you the floor for five minutes for you to kind of do what you do? with some of these leaders coming yeah, in.
0: His face looks very scary.
1: I know. I'm, I'm trying to figure out well, what that you face looks
2: like. I'm, I'm nervous. I don't know what I'm supposed to no, do. No, it's
1: like, you know what I mean? Like, imagine there's a bunch of people and you get to tell the story like you, you do in those rooms. Or do you just totally make it up and, you know, it's... 50, 50% true I've been in all of them man. yeah so I just want to give and then Michelle Brian like I think all oh, this can be collaborative for all of us we can yeah. start like throwing in what it. we yeah. remember things like that there was no
3: absolutely I just want to make clear again that there was no one leader there was right. not one person driving all this it was all of us and um, sure. shared vision well, yeah, I think,
0: I think, oh, what oh, sorry Sorry. go ahead
1: he was whispering to me about something but
0: did, yes. you, did you talk about the Erwin McManus thing yet
3: Oh, not yet. Why don't you explain that? I'm you feel- might explain a little bit better, Brian.
0: I don't know that I would. I just remember, okay. again, this was like, this is the weeks kind of leading up to right. that moment where we go, I think, I think something is happening.
3: Yeah. <laughs> and, yeah. Just from my, yeah, go yeah ahead. my experience, and then you can maybe share yours, yeah. But, Um yeah. In those days after I said the words to Rob Hell No, I will never do, do this. This is crazy. We need to get a regular steady job, um, with insurance, all of that. Um, but really from there taking a minute to think and pray, um randomly, like I don't listen to Erwin McManus very often. I had not in years, um, but just popped up on my um, you know, Spotify podcast list, and I was like, Oh, that sounds good. And and if I remember correctly, his uh, sermon was about us not being slaves to mm. to anything, to anyone that we're free. And that God has called us um, individually, specifically for a purpose. And mm. I was like, so, I don't know, like this doesn't happen to me very often where I, I just get like, I don't know, I, I guess there was some anointing or something. I, so I told Rob about it and I was all excited and um, to sure again this assurance that yes we're supposed to do this and this was a message from god and um and i think rob relayed that to brian perhaps
0: i don't even remember how that came up but i mean again this is before anything officially happened anywhere right but Mm -hmm. i remember a sunday afternoon after one of the services like we're hanging out and i'm like yeah rob must have told me or something and i was like you shut up you shut yeah, up, yeah, I just exactly. listened to that you same your mouth. episode or, you know, whatever podcast. Because I, I, I remember listening to it on a run very early in the morning and just being like, oh, ah, ah. Mm-hmm. It's like the same sort of feel of, man, Jesus mm-hmm. is saying something in this. I hope I can get more people to listen to this. Mm-hmm. And what we found out is like it was the same day that we listened to it. Right. That's right. Like, it's right. Here yeah man it was it just felt like one of those confirming things we're journeying this together in the right way we're listening well together yeah
2: Mm -hmm. and i I remember one of the key phrases was you know we are sons and daughters we are not slaves yeah and a father owns the Mm -hmm. whole estate
0: yeah Yeah.
1: man it's it seems like all of like what what keeps jumping out to me is there was these significant moments of Mm. extreme trust like we had Mm -hmm. to like we had to stop and say okay I don't know what's next. I'm leaning on. There's there's holy discontentment, but that's not why we're we're doing this. It's because no, God no, no. is we're, leading us to exactly. do something different, right. and it was out of an overflow. It wasn't out of anger. Um, it's so joy. That, that,
0: mm-hmm. that yeah,
1: joy. And that is significant. That is a significant thing I want to keep going back to. Um, yeah, so, it was
2: like a place of deepest conviction mm, yeah. to the point where. Um, It's more like the trapeze. It's like we're going to let go of this thing and fly and trust that Jesus is going to catch us on the other side because we have to do this. Mm -hmm. Like, I can't hang on to this trapeze anymore, and I'm scared to death to let go, but we're going to do it, you know? We had to burn the canoes. What's that,
0: buddy? So we had to burn the canoes exactly <laughs> which i think was in a
1: podcast for us a couple weeks ago, right? yeah okay so you keep we keep saying we have to start this so now rob like what's this and then yeah and, and so, michelle brian yeah. we are all gonna yeah. jump in on this and interrupt him when we need to but this like okay boom we're in it what is it
2: one of the things that came together pretty early on was um i remember feeling this really strong urgency like we have to be so clear this is not a church plant mm-hmm. We are not planting a church. I'm not going to be a pastor. I'm not a church
3: planter. I think there were disappointed people along the way because we kept saying that. Oh, yeah.
2: Yeah. So this whole idea of like, we're basically starting a mission agency in Kansas City that's for ordinary people. Like you have a masterpiece mission. God's put a dream in your heart. We want to equip you so you can discover that and then make disciples and then have these new, simple, beautiful expressions of church and i remember our first information meeting there was hundreds of people there and within 10 minutes you, i'm not kidding the whole tone of the meeting shifted people weren't excited anymore <laughs> it was it was hilarious like you could tell 75 percent of the people in the room are like can i get out of here I like i just stuff. like your yeah. preaching bro i thought you I thought you were going to start a new church and preach. Brian it's like, sings
3: no. pretty good. Brian's
1: pretty good. <laughs> yeah, the, the talent level of, of Brian singing and Rob's preaching got a lot of people in that room. Um, and then the, the DNA that has stuck with us for years of the complete um, programmatic unsexiness that we bring to the table uh, immediately said, okay, you're probably in the wrong room.
2: And you know me, I, I get excited and extreme. So I was like, you're not going to hear me preach. Woo! Don't plan on it. And that guy, you're probably not gonna hear him play guitar. <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> and we wanna help you see a church and we didn't have a language emerge yet. So we're like start a church in your network of your neighborhood, you know. <laughs> and yeah. there's like, You guys are crazy. No. <laughs> yeah.
1: Oh man, yeah, so we had those those big meetings and then we had, you know, you kind of we kept going and then we had these like little house yes, meetings, right? Like parties. and we kept getting smaller and smaller and smaller and smaller. And then we get to the point where we start gathering a little bit more regularly. Talk us through kind of that original crew of missionaries that joined us.
2: Yeah, there there was um a beautiful series of those kind of house gatherings that I think helped people. They had um, such a powerful dynamic to them. Like, it was sort of like tasting the future of what the Kansas City Underground would be. There was a sense of, like, excitement, but also, like, holy reverence. Like, there's something different here. It's, like, categorically different. We don't know quite what it is or how it's going to play out, but who who's in for the mystery? Who's in for the adventure? Who's in for the discovery? You know, we're going to literally just stay in the heels of Jesus and find out what happens. You know, that was what it felt like. Yep. And then it got down to the last two meetings where we asked people to um, basically sign a covenant. Yep. And I remember the first one um, where we read the Lausanne Covenant, we read the Apostles' Creed, we read the manifesto. And I remember the Lord just saying to me personally, like, do not pump anybody up, <laughs> do not try to manufacture anything. Mm-hmm. Do you remember how boring that meeting was?
1: Oh, literally someone stood up there and read. Like, I think we just passed it off, right? Like you read a paragraph and I read a paragraph. And it was, was, again, the least sexiest programmatic thing you could possibly do. (laughs) It was
2: just boring reading for 90 minutes. And then we just told people, go and pray and fast. And ask Jesus if He want. It was basically the same question Dan asked me. You need to ask Jesus if He's asking you to go on this journey. Mm-hmm. And then the next week was a sacred assembly. It what? was so powerful, oh. and uh, because it was people coming with surrender mm-hmm. who had prayed and fasted, and most of those folks have been praying about it for months. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So it was that same thing—that culture of prayer and fasting, like and being spirit led. And not like human charisma, human strategy, um, and literally just inviting people into like, we don't know what we're doing. Mm. Um, but we know we're going to make disciples. We know we're going to see simple forms of church. And we know we want to fill the city with the beauty, justice, and good news of Jesus. Yeah. And then we started those equipping gatherings. And again, um, even though we had done all the work to try to think make things clear, there were still, I think, a pretty strong desire where people thought we would put them into groups and call them microchurches. Mm-hmm. Like because small yeah. yeah. Like a better and small group. We, yeah. we're like, we're not gonna do that.
1: Yeah, I, I remember that being a lot of our early conversation because and you know this is this is it's kind of unique. I mean you all had I said the three of you, y'all y'all. Y'all, yeah, that's yeah, right. You thank you. Okay, now. thank all you. Y'all? y'all um so all of you y'all had this influence in a large setting, right, church setting, so it had influence to bring bring a lot of people potentially with you, and that's that's unique maybe to maybe other cities trying to start something. But what I, what I just remember is that there was this this early call that was built on um, surrendering to Jesus, mm-hmm. not necessarily on this amazing vision. Even though we, I mean we we're all pretty strong visionaries, but the vision, there wasn't a programmatic enticing, uh, come be a part no of this. Video, this. no, yeah.
3: no video, no, no video, no light, smoke.
1: <laughs> Absolutely. But the, it started off of a, we're going to obey Jesus. And yeah. so much of the, you know, we've, ta- we talk about that all the time, right? Our disciple making process is the same beginning point is like where people are starting and responding to Jesus, not necessarily with lots of information. Right. Um, so it was kind of fun to, Uh, even accidentally. I know, I mean, it was purposeful, but there was a sense of like, we're just, we're just kind of making this up as we go. We're all on this journey that we're just trusting Jesus together. It's going to form around us. But in the end, after everyone signs this agreement form, how many missionaries did we have at the beginning? Seventy-two covenants. 72. Seventy-two. I mean, that's flipping ridiculous, right? So it's like the just another Luke ten uh, mm-hmm. excitement, right? So then I remember over the ne- the the next few months of lots of equipping gatherings, and we would just have open mic, and we would just share stories, and people would be like, "I, you know, I met a neighbor," and we all go, "Yeah!" we're going nuts so like i just moved in it's like all these little stories right and we've joked about that a lot on this podcast It was like little story after little story after little story michelle like what do you remember about those those early equipping gatherings
3: yeah i mean for me it was it was like a flashback to our early youth ministry days you know when rob and i were actually teenagers and um the stories that we would tell when we would gather you know with our youth pastor and um it, it felt, it felt early, but it felt very fresh. And, um, just me sitting back and watching, like knowing again, that this is not because we're so really trendy and amazing and phenomenal. Mm-hmm. I mean, it was nothing like that at all. Um, it was truly normal people doing, um, Doing normal things and then seeing God do extraordinary things through through their actions and their faith, um, and so I just remember sitting back a lot and just listening and and being filled with a lot of joy,
2: mm-hmm.
3: watching what was coming together.
2: And another thing that uh, really stood out, I think, from the beginning was like again flipping, um, like the the platform mm-hmm. wasn't about who's teaching. And we had that thing. We call it voice of the underground, you know, where it's like, Hey, everybody's got a mic mm-hmm. and uh, anyone can deliver a word or a story yeah, right. or a message.
1: I like that. That's good. Yeah.
2: That's yeah. Good. Came and it, like that. there good. were so many profound moments where um, people would step up to that microphone mm-hmm. and open their mouths and under the power of the and inspiration of the Holy spirit. And there was a sense again of like joy and reverence in the room of like, Wow, no, there's no professional preacher is making this happen right now. Mm-hmm. Right, the, the G, you're experiencing the headship of Jesus in real time in a room. Mm. It's like this is First Corinthians 14, actually.
3: Yeah,
2: like we're finally doing this thing. Definitely. Yeah. Um, and and then it list. was really focused on the first six nine months was like we, we focused yeah. really hard on how to hear the voice of God yeah. and respond yeah. and cultivating prayer and fasting and saying let's go slow and not try to manufacture anything. Mm. Uh, Man, I mean how important
1: are- was is I mean think about the, like, how important that is to our story now of like we knew it was important then we're just doing what Jesus says but like you know I mean a lot of us are apostolic people and we're just like, just I'm just itching to go. I'm I'm sitting in that room. I'm just freaking. Jesus, to go! I'm just Jesus, to go! <laughs> Listen to the last episode if you don't understand that reference. Um, and so yeah, I, I remember, I'm just itching. I'm just itching, ready to go. At the same time, every testimony from a microphone or from the crowd, I'm just crying like a Brian Johnson, yeah. you know, where I'm just like, oh my gosh, you know, like, like just. <laughs> I mean, just seeing seeing ordinary. Yeah. Radical obedience. People that are like, I'm not even doing this church thing that I was doing because God I, I took up time and God called me to these relationships. And there's I'm just like in this in between time where God, God has sent me and like. So it was it was tearful. It was beautiful. But at the mm-hmm. same time we had what? Three micro churches at that time. Right. You know? Yeah. And so like what like what do you guys remember of like that as things we started to see like that slow fruit beginning to.
3: Well, I, what I remember too, is like slowly people backing away,
2: yeah. you know,
3: some people that even to that point yeah. had said, I'm in hundred percent, you know, just going, wait, wait, wait a minute. You know, like, this is not where I am in my walk with God. This isn't for me. Um, And, and being okay with that. Like there was no like tension yeah. or anchor. It was just like, okay. Um, yeah. But that it, it just refined the people that were there even more.
2: Absolutely. Um, yeah. Yeah. I remember that. And I I remember too um, us putting a lot of time into that personal discovery process oh, yeah. with every single yeah, missionary, yeah, a lot. And which I think said, I don't think that was sustainable long term. But I think in the foundation, it laid this radical commitment that we believe in the fullness of God's call on ordinary people's lives you were worthy of our best attention, our best discernment, our best equipping. And uh, and the spirit, I think, uh, did so much in those personal discovery sessions to just affirm people about their potential and their call. And um, so that was a Herculean effort of time, and it took a year.
3: To we, do it. I think in the beginning we said it'd take a few months, like two, three yeah. months. Yeah, some it idiot that'd be a was, few months. That, it was <laughs> Man, over a year.
0: That dude just—he kept going. We'll have it soon. We'll have it soon. And I <laughs> yeah, kept dude. having to be the one to stand up on Sundays, going, "We're oh. sorry that." <laughs> Rob's always like, "Look, we'll just apologize." I was like, "Well, that is different."
1: <laughs> I saw nothing wrong with that strategy. That was great. <laughs>
0: but that I, Something jumped into my mind where, oh, that's what I was thinking of. That was a, a very different posture. One, to not try to control the narrative and say it right. was just like, let's just apologize and realize that we messed up our, on our right. uh, what we thought would happen. But the other thing, what you just said was sitting with people not to go, hey, like, where do you fit within our thing?
3: Right. Exactly.
0: But to go like the foundation that we set from the beginning was, hey, we're legitimately here to help you find Like what Jesus is saying to you Mm -hmm. based on the story that your life has already what you've already experienced in your life, the gifts Jesus gave you. And I think that was a very different sort of experience for most people to go like, "Whoa, Mm -hmm. this is not about that thing you're building. But Mm -hmm. if if I walk with Jesus and this thing emerges, it will be a part of this thing that we're all building. Mm -hmm. So with that last question, we'll kind of wrap wrap up part two with this um we're doing a a series sort of this will pop in and pop out we'll get other stories from other people that were there uh in the beginning uh, i say there in the beginning it like was 25 years ago or so anyway um <laughs> but for, just from your like i'm sitting and listening to this i'm going like if if you're our target audience is always missionaries in the kansas city underground so if they're listening and you're telling this story now like what What do you think is so important for us to revisit this That's good. and like to begin to retell the story- only four years in and like to try to highlight some things like I don't know maybe just as we kind of wrap that up, like what stands out of why is this important for ordinary people that are missionary disciple making leaders to listen to this?
3: yeah, I think just exactly what um we were just talking about that it's not you Know the Kansas City Underground now. How many micro do we have? 100 something. I don't, yeah, not quite. Right at
0: yeah,
3: yeah, but it's not about the numbers of people or who's training all these people, it's about each individual missionary and their personal calling, what God has called them to do um, on this planet. Who are the people that they mm-hmm. that God has called them to go to? Mm-hmm. Um, and we're not telling anybody what to do, it's each person discovering their masterpiece mission mm. and us equipping them. Amen.
2: I, th- I think for me, what comes to mind is revelation chapter two. Um, Ephesians has always been our go-to it's our uh, hot tub that we soak in. It's, our blueprint a that we study.
1: Space. It was uh, the di- different analogy, different analogy. <laughs>
3: Sorry. Oh, I
2: love it. I love the Ephesians hot tub, baby. <laughs> but it's also the thing that we have to be aware of is, um, I do feel like Jesus would look at us and say, I know your deeds. I know your hard work. Uh, I know like you can't to- tolerate um, people who claim to be apostles, but are not. I'll let you fill in the blank about what that looks like in the church in America. Um, You've persevered. There's been hardships, and you didn't grow weary. The warning though is like, don't forsake your first love. Mm.
3: Yeah. Good word.
2: Let this always be about Jesus and loving Jesus and helping others to know Jesus, love, and to be loved by Jesus. And uh, and it's the same call. It's like repent. Do the things you did at first. Yeah. Oh wow. You know and rem And that um, warning, you know, it's like, consider how far you've fallen, Mm. you know, and I was just sitting in the backyard, you know, night before last going, look, show me those parts of my soul or in my mind or my heart where um, my affection or my allegiance has fallen from you. I really want to see it. Um, So I just, I'm praying that that will always be our posture. It's like. Um, repent and do the things you did at first, and let it be about our first love in Jesus. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, and it's always for those who have ears to hear, you know.
1: Yeah, Amen, man. Yeah, I I, I think I've told this story before, but when I was in Africa here in Islatasi, he stopped. They stopped mm. the bus in, in Isla, East Africa, just movements upon movements, and it was a bunch of us, and he stood us outside, and he kind of told story. We were looking at these. Uh, all these former villages that he was a part of and now all will about all the stories of churches micro churches all over and and he said really he kept coming back to one thing he kept saying simple faith simple obedience simple faith yeah. simple obedience that's that's what I I think I'm most encouraged not because we the structures or the numbers of micro churches or all that stuff but it's like the, the the thing that would bring me to tears regularly. Is the simple faith, simple obedience of people to uh, doing exactly what you just said, Rob? Is like remembering your first call, right? Like we're, we get to be a part of something bigger than ourselves. We get to like operate in this place of like constant trust in Jesus and living out purposefully. And uh, and and what I hope what's encouraging to the listener is that there was so much of what we did early on that we didn't have a clue what we were doing, nope. right? I am mean, just like kind of a week-to-week making it up, gathering people, uh, it was, I mean, but man, like, and then COVID hit, and we are just in this position of we got all these missionaries in ordinary spaces, churches are shut down, people are asking spiritual questions, and boom, the fire was lit. Um, yeah. And in a sense, the rest is history, but really, this I think more that we're just building on the exact same DNA, that was started early on with simple faith simple obedience so man yeah. so cool guys thank you for this is kind of fun i like this i'm getting goosebumps yeah. all over uh thank brian you. anything to add or any any last words michelle rob
3: oh thank you this
0: has been fun mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> thanks for listening to the underground podcast We hope that it's either been an encouragement to you or that it's created a curiosity about what it means to live into a missionary mindset with an aim to make disciples and see the church emerge. If you're a missionary or a microchurch in Kansas City and you're looking for coaching or just belonging within a network, we'd love to connect with you so we can learn about what you are doing and how you are joining Jesus for gospel saturation in this city. If you're outside the Kansas City area and have questions about what it would mean to catalyze a disciple-making movement that leads to the emergence of microchurches in every network within your city, we'd love to connect with you as well and offer whatever resources might be helpful to you. You can find out more at kcunderground.com. Grace and peace, friends.